0: Well, he said this morning when I came in he was introducing me uh, to Doug, yeah. Doug and uh, he said, uh, Graham can's famous and I said, no, just very old. <laughs> it's actually 60 years this year since I went to college to begin training for the ministry and I wanted to say right at the beginning today that for those 60 years I have heard a definition of grace that is often given at conferences and uh, church services as that grace is unmerited mercy. Well, I've lived with that, but I've often felt that it's it's a very limited sort of definition, and I've often felt that it is uh, a little bit more than that. Grace isn't a third person between Jesus and God or Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Grace is an act, an an action. I want to give you a little definition and then I'm going to read our scriptures and use this definition for the word grace. The definition I want to give you today is Christ in redeeming action that grace means Christ in redeeming action. Now I want you to, if you've got your Bibles, to open to Ephesians chapter 2. And we're going to read this passage, which has the word grace in it a number of times. And instead of the word grace, I'm going to use the, the definition of Christ in redeeming action. We're going to read from chapter 2 in Ephesians and verse 4. While you're looking it up, uh, when Lee mentioned uh, how there are so many people who don't know Jesus and don't even know about Jesus, I was thinking there are so many who don't even know anything about the Bible, and we were watching a quiz show the other day, The Chase and one of the questions was who led the people of Israel out of Egypt and the guy obviously didn't know but he took a guess and said Goliath <laughs> and thinking about that I thought that was really interesting that he actually chose the person in the Old Testament who was a symbol of evil rather than a servant of God and I thought that was really quite amusing verse 4 but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love which, with which he loved us even when we were dead in, temp- in trespasses made us alive together with Christ. By his redeeming action you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his redeeming action in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. And by Christ in redeeming action you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God not of works lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in these things. Now the word grace is used many times in the scriptures, just a couple of them that you will remember. Uh, the, um, the, the verse in Hebrews that says that we should come to the throne of grace, come to God's throne that we might receive grace and this refers to times when we're in need or in suffering and we are to come to the throne and there we will will be impacted by Christ in redeeming action and then in Ephesians 4 there's another reference to grace when it's Talking about the gifts that have been given to us by the Holy Spirit. It says, But to each one of us, grace, or Christ Jesus in redeeming action, was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. And then he goes on and says that the gift of Christ were the gifts that he gave to the church. And then in Acts, we read a, a number of references where grace is mentioned one of those is when um, Barnabas uh, went to uh, uh, to um, Antioch when Bar- Barnabas arrived in Antioch and saw what the grace of God Jesus Christ in redeeming action ha- had done he was glad and encouraged them to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts and then we are encouraged to understand that grace is God's gift to us in life and in ministry. Now, I, th- I find it really exciting to think that the gift that God bestows on his children is the same motivation that caused God to redeem us through Jesus. Jesus. That it is not just a passive thing like the grace is not passive. And in the scripture, this is important because we need to understand that grace is not passive, love is not passive, forgiveness is not passive. They are powerful actioning things. So when I extend grace to somebody then what I am doing is I am exposing them to the redeeming action of Christ Jesus. I'm not just doing what I should do as a Christian. I'm not just being nice to people when I extend grace. Whether I extend that grace by being good to a person, whether I extend that grace by giving them money to provide their need like we've heard about today, I'm not just being good. I'm not just being generous. I'm not just being obedient. What I am doing is I'm exposing those people to the redeeming grace of Jesus Christ in and through me as a child of God. Do you understand that? We possess this this dynamic thing that is the reason we have being redeemed. The reason we can call God our Father, the reason we can call Jesus our Savior, but it is a powerful, dynamic uh, act of, of God when I show grace to somebody. Have we got that clear? It's really very important. Let me read to you another passage of Scripture which talks about Jesus Christ in redeeming action and it comes out of Ephesians uh, sorry out of um, uh, Philippians chapter 2 and it says this talking of Jesus who being in the very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped but made himself nothing taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. Here we see God's grace being demonstrated in Jesus, first in laying aside his own glory as God, and taking on the form of sinful man. I think sometimes we take that for granted, like it isn't anything very important. But I want to tell you, this is a huge thing, is it not? It's a huge thing, that God, who is holy and righteous and good and compassionate, takes, lays down that deity and takes on humanity. And as we approach Easter, I like to think that as the, what is really happening here is he's not just taking on the form of, of humanity, but he is taking a step down into the human condition God stepping into the human condition, born as a baby, spends five years as a refugee, grows up in poverty in Nazareth, experiences the the pain of loss and grief in his life. And everything that he goes through is another step deeper into humanity. And then finally he steps into death. The very ultimate step into the degradation of man. God's grace. Jesus Christ in redeeming action, what it cost, what it meant. But then we see his his grace at work uh, as he reaches out to the needy and the broken and the wounded in society. We see how he reaches out to, to the woman taken in adultery and he just, grace is about loving her and accepting her and and opening up to her a pathway of hope and forgiveness, giving her a whole new direction. That's grace. It was grace that took him... To the to the, the the blind man and the the dumb person, the mute person, it was grace that took him to those who were crippled, and it enabled him to see their need and to see their brokenness and to reach out to them. The same as today, when we have heard about people who've been impacted by floods in Townsville or we've heard about the work in China. What is it that enables us to really understand not only their need but how we can impact their lives? It, it, it's the grace that God has given you, the gift of grace. He has given us the same gift that enabled him to lay aside his glory and to minister to broken people and to die on a cross for the sins of the world that grace he has given to us I don't know about you but I find that a huge challenge I find that a huge challenge Because even as a Christian, even as one in whom the Spirit of God dwells, often my first reaction to a human situation is not always one of compassion. And yet if I was to embrace the reality that the gift of life that God has given to me is the gift of grace, the gift of Jesus in redeeming action that I am to bring to every situation and circumstance of my life. When I remember that, that's a powerful thing, isn't it? Some of you know that Julia and I have been through a tough year. Last year I... Um, woke up one morning in December 2017 I couldn't breathe properly I was gasping for air and I was shaking and I was crying and I was diagnosed as having uh, suffering from anxiety and the major symptom of that was exhaustion and for the next few months getting from my bed to the chair in the lounge room was was enough for the day and from a fairly active fairly energetic sort of a person I went to just uh, just a blob but I want to tell you that in that 12 months I have learned some very deep things about God that I have Not learned in the whole 60 years of my Christian journey. And one of those was that the grace that God was extending to me at that moment was Jesus Christ in redeeming action. He was at work in my life, redeeming parts of my life that had yet to be redeemed all oh, there as i look back over my life and i'm sure you look back over yours there are times when we've been conscious that that god has redeemed something in us that is is that needed redeeming like we discovered that maybe we were 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 selfish or maybe we uh, had not forgiven as we should have forgiven and God has redempted us from our non-forgive, redeemed us from our non-forgiveness and given us a forgiving heart or we haven't been as loving or as patient toward other people as we should and God has come and convicted us of that and, and in a sense he's, he's changed us, redeemed us in that. Well for me over this last year the redemption that I needed was that I had come to believe even unconsciously that we are important to God more important to God more precious to God more value to God if we are actively doing things for God And I believe God needed to lay me aside for a year to say, Graham, that's not true. There is nothing you can do, whether it be service or whether it be giving money or whether it be praying or whether it be going to church, there is absolutely nothing that you can do that can make me love you more. And the other thing he showed me was that there's nothing I can do that will make him love me less. And there is a release in that because I understand that now that suffering, when God says, I will give you grace, In your time of need, he's saying, I will show you, I will expose you to the truth that it is Jesus in redemptive action at work in your life while you're going through suffering. That suffering is not pointless. That we find grace in that time that's what he said wasn't it to Paul and Paul had this thorn in the flesh which we still argue about <laughs> what it was but three times he said I asked God to remove it and three times he said my grace Jesus in redeeming action in you Paul is sufficient. It is enough. For in your weakness, my strength is made manifest. The strength of his redeeming action, it doesn't really matter how many sermons I might have preached or how many small groups you might have led. It doesn't matter unless what we do and what we experience and who we are in the world is evidence of Christ's redeeming action flowing in us and through us. Yes, it's missions we're talking about. And and I want to tell you that, that... that we send missionaries to the field. We want to believe that they are men and women who are going to be channels of God's love and grace to the broken and the needy to whom they go. But there is no less a need for you and I to be those channels as well. through which his love in redeeming action flows. Now the the point on which I want to close today is this what does this understanding of grace help us to understand our ministry in the world because the most important thing that the church does is not meeting every Sunday morning as important as that is it's not about how holy our lives are as important as that is the most important thing about the church as far as the Lord Jesus Christ is concerned is that he has sent us as his body into the world into the community to be reflectors of his light and his love and his grace and his intention is that whatever situation we find ourselves in whatever is going on in our own private worlds whatever is going on in our families, whatever is going on in our wider communities, his intention is not that we will respond to that by asking, why is this happening to me? But that we will respond to it by seeing this is Christ at work in and through me to the community I live. We were encouraged this morning with Alpha coming up to think about a person that we could pray for and ask to come. When we first started running Alpha at the Berwick Church of Christ many years ago now and I should say it's been a most remarkable evangelistic tool that over the 12 years that we were at pastoring in Berwick we saw um, several hundred people baptized as a result of uh, Alpha and today similarly although they're using a slightly different program now it's great to be intentional about evangelism but when we started Alpha way back then and we encouraged people to bring people who didn't know Jesus to Alpha, you know what we found? Many of the people in our church didn't know a non-Christian well enough to ask them to come. What we realised is we should have been starting two years before that teaching Christians how to reach out and make friends of mammon (laughs) as the scripture says. And I want to challenge you that maybe the whole concept of running Alpha in your church is a challenge to you to start to broaden your contact circle of people that you habitually pray for people that you habitually connect with because the, they are the people that God has put in the orb of Christ in redeeming action in your life but you must not we must not take that for granted It takes a lot of work. One of the things Julia and I were challenged about years ago was to pray for our neighbours. And so we decided we would pray for the people on the right of us and the people on the left of us and then the three houses across the street. And as we got opportunity, we would say to these folk, we just want you to know... uh, when we showed interest in their life and they told us a bit about themselves we were able to say to them we just want you to know that we pray for you every day and we had the joy of seeing some of those neighbours come to Christ till we started to pray for them we didn't really know them but once we started to pray God began to open the doors he said, if you pray for your neighbours, I can trust you to connect with your neighbours. And I believe there is a huge challenge here for this church right now as you begin local evangelism through, through Alpha to become evangelistic in the way you see your neighbourhood, evangelistic in the way you see the people you connect with at work or at college. That doesn't mean that you're going to carry your Bible around them with them and uh, with you and, and beat them with it. It means that you begin to see them as potential Christians and you allow Christ in redeeming action, grace, to impact their lives. I want to finish with a story that I love to tell, I've told it so many times in, uh, in my life, but I want to leave it with you to take it home. But a mother was walking through the park one day with a little girl and her daughter. And, son- and the little girl had been to Sunday school that morning and she'd heard the story about the prodigal son and as they were walking through the park they looked across and there was an old man an old derelict man sitting on the park bench and to the mother's horror the little girl pulled a hand out of her mother's hand and ran across the grass and climbed up onto the knees of the old derelict man and looked up into his face and she said Mr Mr are you one of God's probable sons? (laughs) She got the word wrong, but she got the theology right. There's only two types of people out there. God's children or God's probable children. And he loves them, both groups, just as much. Have you ever stopped to think that one of the reasons why we need to be channels of God's grace is because we know the enormous love, the amazing unconditional love that God has for us, but that love he has in the same way, with the same intensity, for the foulest mouth, most outspoken atheist that you will ever meet. He has that same love for the unwanted children of China. Has the same love for the people who've gone through the horrific natural disasters and civil wars of our world calls us to be part of his redeeming grace his redeeming action in the world let us pray